Hey, welcome to the Rest is Best podcast brought to you by Healthy and Sleep. My name is Laura, mother of one and certified pediatric sleep consultant with a focus on quick step-by-step actions and advice that you can listen to on the 10-minute walk to the coffee shop. You'll come away from these bite-sized episodes feeling more equipped and ready to get you and your baby a little more rest. Finishing these episodes wanting more amazing sleep advice? Download my free 22-page guide all about naps now at www.healthyandsleep.uk. Let's get into today's bite-sized episode. Happy Monday. This feels weird saying Monday because these episodes usually come out on a Friday. I kid you not, putting this episode together, which is only going to be a small bite-sized episode, has almost killed me. Um, so hence why it's out today and not on Friday last week. Um, but I really thought it would be helpful for anyone who didn't get to see the natural baby shower event that I did, um, to record the audio, pop it into a podcast so you can listen to it in case some of the questions relate to your situation. Um, but oh my goodness, like trying to get this audio recorded, um, from the Instagram live, yeah, has literally almost pushed me to the edge. Um, but here it is. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Apologies if it's a little, it's not perfect. I know last week wasn't perfect either. Um, I swear as soon as I get more time, I'm going to invest in some recording lessons, um, to make all of these, uh, when I'm interviewing people sound a little bit more legit. Um, before we get stuck into it though, I did want to announce that this Friday coming, um, I'll be releasing my interview, um, with, uh, Dr. Sujay, who was so incredible to chat to. He honestly put so many things into perspective for me. Um, even as someone who is really passionate about sleep and, and helping parents, take the guilt away from wanting better sleep, um, to get his professional opinion as a neurologist, as a doctor, as someone with over a decade of experience in pediatric sleep, um, was amazing. So we talk about, um, attachment, we talk about sleep training, we talk about uh, why it's so important for your child, um, and he answers some of the questions you asked, although I didn't get the questions, a lot of the questions you sent in, I didn't get in time. So we're thinking about um, perhaps collaborating in the future and we can add some more of those questions there. But thankfully, through our conversation, we did get to kind of cover most of it. Um, So yeah, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, make sure you do so that you don't miss any episodes and you don't have to go searching for new episodes. It will just be there right on a Friday morning, 5 a.m., they get released, British Standard Time, as British Summertime. Um, and you can go ahead and listen to it as soon as they come out. Also, I've discovered that I can only see podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts from anyone who's left them from the UK, which is really strange and annoying because I text my friend in Melbourne and she's like, I've left you a review. And I was like, I can't see it. And then she sent me a screenshot and there's reviews that I can't see. So if you have left me a review from anywhere else in the world, thank you so, so, so much. Um, Or if you've just given a rating, like it means so much. I don't think unless you like run your own business or have your own podcast and things like that, 
that kind of stuff makes such a difference um, because reviews and ratings and subscriptions and all that kind of stuff push my content up to the top of the list so that any other tired parents um, can find me and hopefully get some help. But anyway, enough from me. Um, let's get into the interview that I did with Natural Baby Shower. Enjoy. We sort of, yeah, should we go for it, Laura? Do you want to sort of just chat through who you are and about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Laura Davis. Um, I am a certified baby and toddler sleep coach um, or pediatric sleep consultant. There's lots of different names for it. Um, I have a podcast called The Rest is Best Podcast. Um, I am a mother to two and a half year old Farley. Um, who's at nursery today thank goodness um i'm australian but i live in the uk and uh i am obsessed with helping parents get better sleep essentially amazing i mean that's yeah great and you put some fantastic reviews of parents that you've already helped so you're, you're very well qualified to talk to us today so i think we're going to go on to some questions and this is i guess the number one question when it comes to parenting and sleep when is a realistic age to sleep through and sort of sleeping through the night? Oh, yes. I <laughs> it becomes like a life goal when you're a parent. Absolutely. Um, it really depends on how old your baby is. So if we think about the newborn phase, it's not necessarily the goal to have your newborn sleeping through because they have to feed so often. Mm-hmm. Um but from around eight to 10 weeks, we do start to see longer stretches. So if you're in the throes of those first few weeks of being a new mum, I promise it gets better. Um, around that time, they start to develop their own melatonin, which is the sleepy hormone. Um, and so that promotes longer stretches. Um, and you can see kind of five, six hours overnight before they then need to wait for another feed and then they can go back down for another five, six hours. That would be considered sleeping through for a newborn. Um, But as your baby gets older, obviously they need less night feeds. Um, So from around kind of seven, eight months, a lot of babies can can drop to one feed or some babies drop to no feeds. Um, And that's when you can kind of aim for that glorious 10 to 12 hour sleep through (laughs) that we're all all wanting. Aiming Um, for, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then by one... Um, I would say the majority of babies don't need any feeds because they're getting all their their healthy, solid foods. Nice. So I guess it's that's when you maybe start to think if it's getting to sort of one and one onwards and your little one isn't sleeping through the night, that's where you could introduce some sort of routine and coaching, which obviously you talk to all your parents about. And the next question, again, back to sort of newborn sleep, is the best place for to put your newborn down during the day for a little sleep? Aha. Yeah, I actually made a reel about this uh, yesterday. Um, And it's literally in that phase, like wherever they'll sleep, as long as they're safe and supervised. Mm, If it means, yeah, yeah, totally. If it means like they're asleep literally on the play mat or they're in the car or they're in the pram or the car or the sling, you're not kind of creating any bad habits um, or anything like that. The only thing to be mindful of is I know how exhausting it can be if your baby only wants to sleep on you or in the car. I was going to ask that. We, yeah, that's obviously a big thing, isn't it? And then you're sort of stuck, baby yeah. Jane, and you can't move and you can't do anything. <laughs> and it's literally like you'll have them in the carrier, you walk around the house, they're asleep, and you go to sit down and they're like, bing, 
like five a week. You ain't sitting down, you're not watching TV. So it can be really exhausting. Um, I usually recommend to break up the day quite a bit. So if you aim for the first nap of the day in the cot, they're mm-hmm. still going to have some leftover sleepy hormones. So you'll have the mm-hmm. most success putting them down for that first nap around 8, right. 8.30. Um, and then you might want to go for a walk and do a nap in the pram, and then you might do a carrier nap, um, and then you might do some safe bed sharing and have a nap with them in the afternoon. Always recommend yeah. that. And then when your partner gets home or you get some some friends over, palm the baby off, <laughs> let them deal with it um, so you can have a little break. Catch up. Yeah. yeah. I know that sort of wasn't um, on the questions, but when it comes to sort of slate, safe um bed sharing is there any sort of tips that you can give with that because that's a really sort of interesting topic isn't it that can divide parents a little bit yeah and I think the old school way of thinking is like bed sharing is dangerous like full stop but actually you can do it really safely Mm -hmm. um if you're doing it out of desperation because you're so exhausted it's worth speaking to someone a friend or a sleep coach Mm -hmm. or even your doctor um but you can do it safely. All you need to do is have a firm, flat mattress, no bedding, um, no pillows or anything, and have the baby kind of next to you on their back. Um, and just make sure you've got something. If you've got a mattress on the floor, that's good. If you've got like a higher raised bed, just make sure you've got something that can kind of, but not the wall because we don't want them to potentially roll and get stuck or, or fall yeah. down there um, and just make sure that you're of sound body and mind you're not like super exhausted or you're yeah, not going to pass out yeah that's yeah. really but it can really help in that newborn phase yeah oh lovely fabulous um and then moving on to sort of the slightly older child our next question is about any tips for getting rid of the dummy guess another like really like oh <laughs> sort of question when I was trying to do this with my son Farley, he was about four months. Um, he was an awful, awful sleeper. And I was like, right, we need to get rid of the dummy. I've read online. That's what we need to do. But then I couldn't yeah. find, like, instructions anywhere. So I ended up making it up on my own. And so as a sleep coach, I've made it my mission to have some sort of structure to it okay. um, because it can be really daunting. The thing I would ask yourself first before getting rid of the dummy is why? Mm-hmm. Um is it because you think you should because your parents have told you or you're, you've read online that yeah. it's bad or anything like that? That's not necessarily a reason to um, because children can have dummies up to the age of four, uh, three or four, I think. That's when a dentist will say, okay, it's time to get rid of it now. Yeah. Um, but if your baby is loving their dummy, they can't be without it. It can be a really good soothing tool. However, yeah. if you do want to get rid of it, I always say before six months because they will literally forget about it in a couple of days. Right. Oh, that's a good Um, point. Yeah. Yeah. Or after around two and a half, three, when they've got the cognitive development to understand giving it away. Yeah, because I know a lot of, I'm not a parent myself, but I've got niece and nephews and friends that have children. They make it more of a, a game, like the dummy yeah. is, is going somewhere. Yeah. Like, so you the dummy's there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that totally makes sense of how that would work for a younger child. But even younger child, obviously, then you could just, yeah. Get yeah. It that way. Oh. I always recommend um, doing something called habit stacking. So mm-hmm. if your baby's reliant on the dummy to fall asleep, 
you want to replace that with some extra rocking or patting or you know those kind of habits that you can then move away from as well rather than just ripping it out and being like okay off you go yeah oh that's a nice way to do it too oh lovely fabulous so the next question was from one of our followers who said my two-month baby has reflux and won't sleep in cram how can I help him and reflux is something that obviously occurs to a lot of little ones and it's quite common isn't it yeah honestly like if you're a reflux mama like I my heart goes out to you it's so difficult um definitely recommend like if you haven't spoken to your doctor definitely go and speak to them some babies require medication um, which can really help um but in regards to the pram the reason they don't like the pram at that age and with reflux is because it's so flat Mm. um and reflux babies like to be held up they like to be on you but understandably like that is utterly exhausting like back to the the newborn naps you can't just have them napping on you all day um so the few things I recommend I know three to four months probably feels like a really long time away if your baby's only two months but when they are at that stage and they can hold their heads up by themselves you can actually switch from the bassinet to the the seated one as long as it's got Mm -hmm. a bit of a recline that can help um, the other thing you could do is you could actually swaddle your baby in the pram um, and the ergo pouch cocoon swaddling bags yeah. give your baby enough kind of room to breathe and, and around their stomach so it won't upset them if they've got reflux. But sometimes just having oh, yeah. The, yeah, that support, that feeling of something around them can help to reduce it because they're not getting upset and it's kind of like a bit of a cycle so that's another thing you could try as well I guess it's just one of those things it's time isn't it it's not going to be with them forever but it's just in the moment it must be really really hard yeah and sending so much love to to anyone dealing with that fabulous um so the next one is I'm pregnant with my first baby what even is sleep coaching oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) I guess again for me I haven't got children it does seem a bit of a topic that's like loads of different views and different methods and things like that yeah absolutely and I love speaking to pregnant women and you know their partners and stuff because it's sleep is just the one thing all you really learn about sleep when you're pregnant is from your friends saying well yeah yeah yeah, sleep again (laughs) and you're like oh okay so I love connecting with people who are pregnant because it's an opportunity to say hey there is things you can do with mm-hmm. a newborn to promote longer stretches of sleep but what sleep coaching is is it's essentially um coaching your baby from kind of four months onwards up until four or five year olds um to fall asleep in their cot or their bed on their own so if you think about when a baby's born they're a complete blank canvas they don't know what hunger is they don't know what pain is they don't know what sleep is and we teach them all these things by Mm. responding to their cries yeah and it's really hard for us to imagine not knowing what hunger is but if you take that as an example your baby learns what hunger is because every couple of hours when they cry, we'll feed them. And so yeah. they they start to learn, oh, that feeling, that's hunger. Yeah. And it's the same for sleep. 
Um, and in the newborn phase, doing all the wonderful things that we should be like holding and rocking and feeding. But if you think about them being a blank canvas, that's the only way they know how to do sleep. Um, so sleep coaching is essentially once you're past that newborn phase, if the rocking and the feeding to sleep and all those things is just getting a bit too much and mm -hmm. you want to be able to to go out or put your baby down and, and say goodnight and go yeah. and enjoy your evening. Sleep coaching is the process of making that happen. Nice. Yeah, that's a really nice explanation. I think, yeah, it has sort of connotations against it. But actually, yeah, what you said is a baby is a blank canvas and, and your point about that, that sleepy hormone, melatonin, I didn't know yeah. that. That's, yeah. that's super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the next one, again, from one of our followers, she said, is it bad if a five-month-old doesn't have a nap routine? Oh, no. Nothing, <laughs> literally, nothing is bad. Like, when it comes to your baby, yeah. nothing is bad. And I know we hear that a lot, like, but it, it really is true. Mm -hmm. As long as they're safe and both of you are happy. That's amazing. Yeah, you can't do anything wrong. They're so resilient. Um, you know, but there, there are obviously things that you can do to promote better sleep and feeding mm -hmm. all those kind of things that do make it a bit easier. I would say at five months, it's very normal to not be on any kind of set schedule for naps, Yeah, but it can be really helpful just to follow your awake windows, um, and your child's sleep cues. So like the rubbing the eyes, the little red eyebrows, yeah. all those kind of things indicate that they're ready for sleep yeah yeah and then offering them the right environment and encouraging that nap is the important piece because if you just let them go they will become a bit wired and they'll probably stay up a little bit too long yeah. and just get a bit overtired and hysterical and then it's you know that's a whole other kettle of fish yeah. and i yeah. guess at five months they're still so tiny like it's still a lot to sort of like expect them to go sleep at the same time yeah. every day and that type yeah. of thing can be different depending on what you're doing and how they're feeling yeah totally so don't stress advice um and then this one whatever i do my little one can't sleep later than 4 30 a.m help <laughs> I, li I literally wish i could go and give this person a hug um Early rising is so difficult. Uh, Farley was about seven months when he started waking at, it started at 5.45 and then a couple of days later, 5.30 and then 5 and then 30. And it just kept it. And because of the way I was responding, he was like, oh, great. Awesome. I get a feeling. Yeah. How do I get all of this? <laughs> um, so it really is, there's not like one single answer. It's a bit of, it's a long haul. It's a long game like you know six to eight weeks work and that type of thing to do yeah and it really is a process of elimination but um there's a few things you can look at mm -hmm. um number one what's the room temperature at that time like if you're in winter because babies are in a lighter phase of sleep and and so are we at that time if they're yeah. a little bit cold when they come to that active phase of sleep mm -hmm. that can be enough to wake them up um, and that's why the ergo pouch, um, sleeping bags and the, and the swaddles are all tog rated, which makes it super helpful if you're kind of dealing with that. Yeah. Pump the heater, you know, from like four o'clock for a little bit, just to take the edge off. Mm -hmm. Um, the other huge factor is light. 
Um, so you, if you follow any sleep consultants, you probably hear us banging on about a dark room and blackout, blackout lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it really does make a difference um, because when your baby is in that active phase of sleep, sunlight can come through our eyelids and that can trigger the awake hormone, which is cortisol, yeah. the sleepy it's the hormone. Does, isn't it? I, I'm yeah. quite like quite a dark room and that type of thing. Yeah. But, do you have a, yeah. an eye mask? Do you sleep with an eye mask? I don't know, but I do have blackout blinds yeah. um, and like thick curtains as well. And it does life take up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, and then just the other thing, you know, I mean, there's lots of things. I've actually got a course solving early rising. It's nine ninety nine. And it goes through every single possible thing that almost it could like a be. checklist that you get. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. so oh, perfect. And yeah. obviously, I guess it, again, it's that sort of feeling that it's not going to be forever. There is sort of light at the end of the tunnel where they'll be sleeping later. Yeah. Um, perfect. So then, I guess just before we go on to chat about sort of the ergo pouch range, we had one last question: is what's better, swaddling and then sleeping bag, or just straight to sleeping? bag and it'd be great to sort of hear your thoughts on this one yeah so I think it's it's definitely a personal preference but it also depends on the age of your baby so swaddling um again there's kind of mixed reviews on it it is safe as long as it's done properly um but it can be a bit overwhelming like learning the the folding origami technique um but it is great for newborn babies because they've they've got the startle reflex, mm-hmm. and you see that when you try to pop them down and their arms go like this. Yep, and they want to put. Yep. Like, ah. <laughs> um, so swaddling can really help with that, um, and it also just gives them that feeling of being back in the womb. They want to yep. be all like bunched up. Crazy. In yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> I think we're coming to the end of it. That's all the questions. I think we've gone through the range. So yeah. Thanks so much for everyone joining us and I'll save this afterwards so people who missed it can come back. No, I guess just thanks so much for for joining us, Laura. Really, really interesting, really helpful. And thanks to everyone who came along too. Yeah, thank you. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. See ya. So I hope you enjoyed that little chat that I had with Lydia from Natural Baby Shower. If you don't know who Natural Baby Shower are, they are a huge um, baby online baby store um, in the UK that sells some amazing products, including um, Ergo Pouch, which are also obviously stocked on um, the Healthy and Sleep website. So I've got a 10% off code, which is um, valid all of the time. Um, which you can use on any of the Ergo Pouch products that I sell on my website. Um, That that code is HALCYON10. Um, And keep your eyes peeled on your inbox. If you're not signed up to my mailing list already, get on it um, because I will be hosting sales on Ergo Pouch products over the coming months um, in the lead up to Christmas and um, the change of season. So, um, yeah, that's it from me for this week. And I really look forward to Friday's episode. Um, And I hope you have a good one. See you later.